Welcome to The Daily Brew, the devotional where every day we try a new brew. This week it's of tea and we see what God is brewing for us in the Bible. Yes, it's cheesy, but it's true. And you've joined me on day 135. We're here for day two of Tea Week Takeover. Now, Today, it's a really great tea. I'm enjoying the prospect of trying it because it's one that's had a lot of popularity when people have come to visit, but I've actually never tried it. There's an amazing fragrance, but before we get into the brews, let me talk to you about our scriptures, which you can also find in the description, but here they are, the ones we're going to be talking about today. Psalm 61, John chapter 8, verse 31 to 59. In Judges chapters 20 and 21. But before we go too deep into that, I do need to try this tea. It is smelling amazing. It is. Drumroll please, Red Seal Blood Orange. Which you'd think would be a little bit of one of those random kind of like, mm, I don't know how you feel about orange flavoured things. On the whole, I'm open to it. I think orange is the worst fruit burst flavor, but who knows what it's gonna be like with tea. This is, like I said before, a very popular tea when people come to visit, but I've never tried it myself. It says though that there's no calories, no gluten, no genetically modified organisms, thank goodness for that, and no artificial sweetener and no caffeine. Hopefully it's not no good. I'm going to give it a go right now. What's interesting is that it is very much that blood orange color and it's very much an orange fragrant, fra- fra- fragrance. fragrance. So I'm going to give it a go. We're going to see how it goes right now. Mm, mm. It's very hot. Oh, mm. But it is very nice. I'm going to have another one. Mm. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, what it, mm, what it reminds me of a little bit is like that raro sachet drink that you used to get as a kid to make juice, but not quite as strong as when you were a kid you really wanted it. It is quite good though, and it, it does feel, because it's called Blood Orange, I feel like it feels more adult than raro, but it is good. I like it. I'll have it again. <laughs> but enough of the brew. Let's get into the Bible. I grew up in a family of eight. There are six kids in my family, and we traveled around in a van. I was never home alone. There was always stuff happening. My parents definitely, though, had to run a tight ship, basically so we could survive. (laughs) We had some pretty strict rules and boundaries set in place growing up. And my dad used to say this thing that would totally drive me crazy. He would say, kids want boundaries. Now, as a child, I was adamant that while kids might need boundaries, they don't want them. (laughs) But it wasn't until I became a children's pastor that I really understood what dad meant and how true that statement was. See, if kids didn't show the, if we didn't show kids the expectation, the rules, the boundaries, those kids would feel unsettled. Those kids we'd find would push and push until they received push back from the leader or the adult. And then they'd understand how they could exist safely within the boundary lines. This push, push, push was simply them trying to create an understanding of the boundaries because while they need them, they also want them. And it is within boundaries that we can experience true freedom. 
Now, I know that sounds a bit crazy, but I'm going to say it again. It is within boundaries that we can experience true freedom. This is an important revelation to carry as a Christian and in the Christian life. Because it can be easy to read the Bible, (coughs) Leviticus, and assume that God is legalistic, controlling, limiting, but he's actually doing the exact opposite of all of that. He's creating a safe place within the boundaries where we can experience true and unhindered freedom. And we see this in our scriptures today. It was David in another psalm who said, the boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. And in this psalm today, again, David is delighting in the protection of God in the pleasant places. He seeks the guidance of God. He longs to dwell forever in his tent and in his presence. He understands that God is his refuge and there is shelter and safety under his wings. Now in John, we see a glimpse in chapter 8 of Jesus' heart for freedom. The people he was speaking to didn't even recognize that they were bound, that they weren't free because they only had one perspective of freedom and that was just not being a slave, not being a physical slave. But Jesus came to free us from a bondage and slavery to sin. Now, it might be easy for us to think as well that we're not in bondage because we have jobs and go to school and do whatever and have a freedom to make our decisions and no one is is dictating to us our life decisions. But we are, if not following Jesus, a slave and in bondage to sin. His exclamation about himself, Jesus, in this passage, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. The Bible also talks about being a servant or sometimes even a slave to Christ. It seems a little bit like a paradox, being freed from slavery to sin to simply serve or be a slave to Christ. How is that freedom? But this is the beauty of our service to Jesus. We do so in freedom. We serve him out of a release of freedom, unbound by sin, unbound by death. Because of Jesus, we are free to choose him. Service to God is freedom indeed. And then lastly, we find ourselves back in Judges again, following this horrific story in the generation that had no king. We see some great battle techniques and strategy, but we also see avoidable, avoidable devastation. It's so frustrating. Um, Devastation around the Israelite people. It's a pretty jarring story. So sad to observe that the people of God were so messed up, doing crazy stuff, infighting, coming up with outrageous laws. And we see in the last verse for today, in those days, Israel had no king. We talked about that yesterday. Everyone did as they saw fit. Seems a little bit similar to the world that we're in today, right? Everyone did as they saw fit. A great lie in this generation is that more liberty and liberality equals more freedom. And we see that that's what they thought in the passage today. They 
didn't have a king. They did what they saw fit. But instead of living out of this beautiful, wholesome freedom that God has for us, it's chaos. It's self-serving self. It's hatred for others around. See, God is so invested in seeing his children free. But we read today and we get a revelation today. And I pray you get a revelation of this. And it becomes a source of freedom for you that true freedom happens within the boundary lines that God has so preciously placed for us. True freedom is set in boundary lines that God has set for us. It's time for verse of the day. John chapter 8, verse 32. Then you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth, the one and only truth is the truth of Jesus, the one we read about in His Word. When we are surrounded with different opinions and many people's different truths, we can know for certain the real truth, Jesus. And it sets us and keeps us free. Keep digging into His Word because you carry His freedom with you if you have the Word of God in your heart. All right, well, that's it today for The Daily Brew. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you're encouraged to embrace those boundaries that God has put around you that give you a great freedom. Make sure you come back tomorrow. And hey, just a little side note, if you are falling behind, that is okay. I wanna encourage you to keep at it anyway. Finish the Bible in a year plan in 13 months. That's not a drama. It's no biggie to finish it in 13 months. The key is to persevere. The key is to dig deep into God's word. The key is to make sure that you finish the race. If it's the start of your day, have a wonderful day. And if it's the end of your day, good night, sleep tight, and we'll see you tomorrow for day 136 of the Daily Brew. See ya.